strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Hi, and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. And I'm Jen. And tonight we are going to talk about Egyptian mummification. Wowzers. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about uh, a little bit of the process. All right. So there's not really, it's not like really gross. I mean, yeah, there might be I like know they some, put some organs in canisters. Yeah, exactly. So if you're a little squeamish, just, you know, beware. Heads up. Might not be the episode for you. But they left the brain in, right? Mm-mm. No? No, that's the worst part. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, that the heart, and I'll tell you why later. Okay. So the ancient Egyptians believed in the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. This belief was rooted in what they observed every day. The sun fell in the western horizon each evening and was reborn the next morning in the east. New life sprouted from grains planted in the earth and the moon would rise and fall. If order was maintained, everything was highly dependable and life after death could be achieved provided certain conditions were met. A body had to be preserved through the mummification process and given a proper furnished tomb with everything needed for life in the afterworld. So was the tomb supposed to be like an apartment? Oh yeah, you take everything with you. Yeah, so it's like you just like you die and then you wake up and then you're in the afterlife and your you everything with you. Yeah. Your tomb is like your apartment. You just carry on as if you never died. Yep. Hmm. So mummification, the preservation of the body was described in ancient pyramid texts. With the death of Osiris, god of the dead, the cosmos fell into chaos and the tears of the gods turned into materials used to mummify his body. These materials included honey, resins and incense. Before mummification even evolved, the corpse was placed in a fetal position and was put into a pit along with personal belongings. The pit was then covered with sand, which absorbed all the water from the body. Burial pits were eventually lined with mud and covered, and the body was wrapped in animal skin or in some sort of pottery, basket, or wooden coffins that we know now. These were considered improvements since the body did not meet the hot sand. The internal organs were also removed and the drying agents were used to mummify the body. The practice of mummification began in Egypt in 2400 BC and continued into the Greco-Roman period. During the Old Kingdom, it was believed that only pharaohs could attain an immortality. After 2000 BC, those thoughts changed. However, everyone could live in the afterworld if the, bummy, if, Your bubby. if the body was mummified and the proper elements were placed in the tombs. But mummification was expensive, and only the wealthy were able to take advantage to its full potential. Mummification was not a strict requirement for, the, for resurrection in the New World, but it was certainly regarded in the highest means. The art of mummification was perfected in the Third Intermediate Period, which was between 1070 and, tw- and 712 BC. The Greek historian Herodotus even documented the whole process, and here are some of his words describing the event. As much of the brain as it is possible is extracted through the nostrils with an iron hook, and what the hook cannot reach is dissolved with drugs. Next, a flank is slit open and the entire contents of the abdomen removed. The cavity is then thoroughly cleansed and washed out, then it is filled with pure crushed myrrh, casa, and other aromic substance except frankincense. The incision is sewn up, and then the body is placed in in natron, covered entirely for 70 days, never longer. 
When this period is ended, the body is unwashed and then wrapped from head to the feet in linen, which has been cut into strips and smeared on the underside with gum, which is commonly used in used by the Egyptians in place of glue. What is natron? I'm going to get to that. So natron, which is basically salt, was the main ingredient used in mummification process. It dried out the corpse. It was obtained from the dried up riverbeds and was packed around and inside the body in linen bags and was left for 40 to 7 days to draw out all the moisture out of the tissues of the body. So it was a desiccant. Mm-hmm. I really like the word desiccant. It was a desiccant. It was like basically salting a thing of meat, you know? Yeah, that are like the silica gel packets you get when you mm-hmm. order stuff online. Yep. Do not eat. <clears throat> Do not eat. So by removing the organs and packing the internal cavity with the dry natron, the body tissues were preserved. The body was then filled with Nile mud, sawdust, and cloth scraps to make it more flexible. Small cooking onions or linen pads were sometimes used to replace the eyes. And beginning in the third dynasty, the internal organs like the intestines, liver, lungs, and stomach were removed, washed with palm wine and different spices, and then stored in four separate jars made of limestone or clay. Prior to this, the abdominal contents were removed, wrapped, and buried in the floor of the tomb. The heart, however, was left alone because it was considered the center of intelligence. Interesting. So... They put mud inside the body? Mm-hmm. They just filled them with mud. So you're a dried out mud sack covered in covered in wrappings. <laughs> dried out mud sack. <laughs> yes, you're everything is is yeah, it's replaced by some type of mud. And but then um it's but it's also to make you flexible. It's it's really weird. It's kind of they want to keep the buoyancy of your natural substances in your body. Nile mud is more of a water-based, maybe? I don't know. Sawdust? I don't know. It's... Well, I mean, so it's like they use the salt to dry you out, and then they put something moist back in you. Well, when they dry you out, it preserves the tissues, and I think none of the other tissues were affected when your body cavity is then filled with other types of elements. Maybe you're just, like, at that point, you're just this thing now and i don't know why is it a weight thing i have no idea i know hmm that's it i don't know just i'm I'm confused by the mud i'm not confused by any of it my good for you congratulations all of these years i feel like i've known so much and i never knew that a they took the brain out and b filled with mud or sometimes they use cooking onions for eyes. That one, that was particularly. That um, was what I'm like, I'm like, like a beef stew onion, like the little tiny gimlets, like the gimlet onions. Yeah, like that, I had pause at the cooking onions for eyes, um, and then I just couldn't remember which thing horrified me more. So at the mud, but in mud. retrospect, I think the onions was the proper choice. Mud to me is okay. That's yeah, normal. The onions it's a is cooking onion. The onions is real bad, especially considering that the whole point is to kind of stop decay. And then you're you're just going to put an onion in their eye that's totally going to rot and smell awful. After you've been filled with all this delightful herbs and incenses. You smell magnificent. You smell like a rotten herbal stew. Exactly. (laughs) Anyway. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast, 
called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. <laughs> Podcasts on? Yeah, podcasts, your, homecasts. Your, your, your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. So the corpse was then washed, wrapped in linen, as many as 35 layers, and soaked in resins and oils. This gave the skin the blackened appearance that we see in, as mummies today. And the family of the deceased are the ones that would supply the linen, which was made from old bed sheets or used clothing. I didn't know that. I thought that was sweet. Yeah. It's like you could use things that have sentimental value. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So in the Middle Kingdom, it became standard to place a mask over the face of the dead. The majority of these were made of papyrus or linen coated in a gesso or a type of plaster and wood. But silver and gold were used for royal mummies. And this is an example of the famous King Tut mask that we see on television and newspapers and everything like that. That's an example of one of the silver or the gold masks that were used. So Egyptian embalmers were so skilled that people mummified 4,000 years ago still have skin, hair, and recognizable features such as scars and tattoos. And the funny thing is that these embalmers used very little tools. They used brain hooks, oil jars, funnels, and a knife, which was considered the embalmer's knife. And these tools were sometimes left behind in a tomb. So yeah. sometimes all of these things, I, I mean, I know the jars are, but the hook, the knife, and all the oils and everything were left behind. Oh, I think it's because they get paid for. Yeah, yeah, it's theirs. And so it's theirs. Yeah. It's you kind know? of like a life insurance. Like, oh, I need this, 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 and this. Okay, cool. Here it is. And I'm, and I'm gone. Bye. Yeah. The Egyptians mummified animals as well as humans, everything from a full bull to hawks and to even small snakes. Some have been found in large quantities, and many species were raised in the temples to be sacrificed to the gods, and others were just the pets of the dead that they wanted to take with them to the afterworld. Autopsies were done on some of the animals found, especially cats, and it was noted that their necks were broken and that they were nearly about two years old. I was just going to say, like, so they're not dying of their own cat deaths mm -mm. they're getting killed when the person dies and they're like oh well since he died you have to die too and you have to go with him because he loved you yep. that's super fucked up yep and i don't like it <laughs> i'm like super bummed out yeah i mean imagine mummifying a bull the bull i don't understand i think that's certainly was not just, a pet i think that was just a human sac or well, not human sac but a sacrifice for the gods but even a snake, I mean, imagine the giant elaborate like way that have to mummify a bull and then take a little tiny snake and do the same exact thing. I mean, they, they range from so many different sizes, so many different species is out of control. But uh, cats were very highly valued in the ancient Egyptian household because they destroyed the rats and the mice that would infest their home. And they also assisted in hunting birds and fish for food. 
So there were so many mummified cats found in tombs within the 19th century that they were actually taken to England and they were used as fertilizer. That's how many cats were found mummified. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. So they found a lot of mummified cats mm-hmm. and they, they sent could, them to England. They could think of nothing else to do with them. Fertilizer. But send them to England and make fertilizer. Mm. I don't feel like that a mummified remains of a cat would make very good fertilizer. It depends on how many you found. Yeah, but there were tombs and tombs just filled with mummified cats. I still, I, I just can't see how that's at all. I get it. And to take the time, the resources, the logistics of the whole thing of contacting England and hey we have 2,000 cats dead cats we're going to send you away for fertilizer oh gee thanks yeah send them on over why would you even think to use them for fertilizer because they're basically inorganic at this point what do do you use them for you know I mean I don't know I mean at this point if they use it sell them I mean I'll take one I'll take a mummified cat I'm pretty sure you could probably get one if they I mean, no, because they, they made them all into fertilizer. For not who? all of them. They're still finding them, Jen. <laughs> this is an every fucking year thing. They're always finding some mummified pet or animal of some sort. And I actually think not too long ago, they found an entire tomb filled recently. A tomb full of mummified cats? Recently. Yeah. I'm just talking about the ones like in 19th century. Look it up. Yeah. But just, uh, I mean, if these cats got the proper wealthy mummification like that uh, what i was like talking about about all the oils and aromas and everything like that then their cavity is filled with sawdust and mud i don't understand why they would use this fertilizer since there's nothing actually to break down so your guess is as good as mine but it was a thing they did send cats to england to be used as fertilizer at the beginning of this month there you go april they found a tomb that's over 2,000 years old and has the remains of 50 animals and a human mummy. Eagles, falcons, and ibex, cats, and mice were all found mummified in the tomb. And they literally have them lined up. By size? Are they OCD mummies? Well, they just have them on a table. Like, this is a snake, this is a cat, this is a mouse. I knew it was recent. I didn't know it was... April, but and it was I thought it was. I, mean, this I don't year. know when they found it, but this this article on oh, CNN okay. Okay. is yeah. from. It's April. a legit thing, people. Mummified animals is it. It was something that they always found, and apparently the tomb belongs to a high-ranking official named Tutu. Oh, Tutu, and his wife T. Sherry, Isis, and they're fifty pets, and they're fifty. Falcons, ibex, cats, and mice. A lot of that might have just been gifts. So the deceased were taken to these embalmers, right? And they were taken to them by their relatives, who then chose a method and quality of the mummification. The best and the most expensive methods were used on the wealthy, but there were also cheaper alternatives for the poor. The Greek historian Herodotus, who lived in the 5th century BC, described the different methods used. The costliest method was to draw out the brain through the nostrils, take out the whole contents of the belly and clean the interior with palm wine and spices, 
fill the belly with pure myrrh, cassis, and other spices, and sew it back together. And then cover up uh, the body in the natron for 70 days, and then wash the corpse and roll it in the fine linen. Mm-hmm. That so, is... Right. Pretty much what you said yeah. before mm-hmm. when you described it is the uh, fancy bitch, the bougie. The bougie, but also the one that... The most complete... It is the uh, the one that everyone notices the most. Right. You know, it's the one that kind of is most common. Yes. That we have, that there's all the literature about and mm-hmm. all the TV shows. Yeah. and But there's also a lot of TV shows that would see... Um, These partial... Partial ones right. that are just above the ground, no sarcophagus, just a coffin. They open it up. And they may have fancy, beautiful beadwork and a beautiful mask. But, but that because it belonged to the person. It wasn't right. made for the person. It was their belongings. So that kind of thing. And that's how the levels happened. The cheaper method was to fill the body with oil of cedar wood using a syringe by the breech or an incision, which is then plugged to stop the drench from returning out. This helps to dissolve the bowels and internal organs. After several days in the salt, the cedar oil is then let out of the corpse and is drained, and what remains is skin and bones. The corpse is then returned to the family. So what they do with it afterwards is up to them. That is another form of mummification. The cheapest method, cleanse out the belly with a purge or a laxative, cover in salt, return the corpse to the family. So everyone goes in the salt for 70 days. Every, the common denominator here is everyone goes gets in a the salt, salt bath. Everybody gets the salt. Yeah. All right. So it's the, a beautiful exfoliant. <laughs> glorious. The chief embalmer, he or she, actually it's hey. The chief embalmer. Who the fuck usually, are we kidding? It was not women. <laughs> <laughs> women did not do that. The, uh, the chief embalmer dresses as Anubis, who is the god of embalming. And he would bless the deceased and priests would say prayers and help the dead on their way to the next world. And then after this whole process, the body was then placed in a wooden coffin. Now, the body gets placed in a wooden coffin and then a sarcophagus is then created. So when seeing these large mummified structures that we, we see a lot on television, newspapers, magazines, social media, you have two different containers. You have the coffin and which... We know, and it holds the body. And then there is a large sarcophagus, which is a stone or a large wooden outer container that holds a coffin. There's always two entries, right? Coffins were often decorated both on the inside as well as the outside in a variety of styles. Some have been found with images of food offerings on the inside to sustain the deceased during the long journey. The exterior of many sarcophagi is painted with eyes on the side that face the east because it was believed that the dead could look out at the world and see the rising sun. So I mentioned earlier, like really briefly, about these four jars. They are called canopic jars. And they are the jars that the organs will be placed in. Except for the heart, which is needed by the deceased in the Hall of Judgment, the embalmers removed all the internal organs from the body. These were then placed into these four vases called the canopic jars. The lids form the shape of the four sons of Horus. The liver was associated with Imset, who is depicted with the human head. The lungs were associated with Hapi, who is depicted with the baboon's head. The stomach was associated with Duamutef, which has the head of the jackal. 
and the intestines and viscera of the lower body was associated with the falcon-headed Kemishinev. Sure. I believe you. Ancient writers, modern scientists, and the mummies themselves all help us better understand the Egyptian mummification process and the process and culture in which it exists. Much of what we know about the actual process is based on the writings of early historians, such as Herodotus, who carefully recorded the process during his travels. Present-day archaeologists and other specialists are adding to this knowledge every day. X-rays now make it possible to study the mummies without destroying the elaborate outer wrappings. Autopsies conducted on unwrapped bodies helped us understand not just diseases, but the cures used during that time. A better idea of lifespan as well as the ties to kinship in the royal line can be suggested by the similarities and the dissimilarities in the skulls and bones that were found within the tomb. I mean, they found out that they're pretty much all brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles. Yeah, I know. It's like Nefertiti was also the daughter, but also what? The wife? She was my aunt and my cousin at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's very confusing. My mother is my brother. (laughs) Could happen. It's it's too much. It's too much, and it's just getting more and more interesting because the more technology improves, the more information we find out. Yeah, the genetics and, like, all the DNA testing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. It's an exciting time to be alive. And very exciting. Keep it weird, you know? Uh, so that is the story of the process of ancient Egyptian mummification. Although dead for thousands of years, the mummies continue to speak to us. Just another notorious narrative. If you enjoy our episodes, you can also go to patreon.com slash notorious narratives, where you can access exclusive content. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to be notified when a new episode is available. Keep it weird and never stop exploring. <laughs>